This week, we have a new co-host at Goodwill Talk. Pastor Tim joins us to talk about the worst football team in the history of mankind. We also share our story of reconciliation in a way that we hope will encourage you. All that and more on this week's episode of Goodwill Talk. Jeff, my buddy's gone. My friend, She's gone. my partner, she disappeared. She went away from us, Jeff. She is gone. I blame you. For, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's your fault. What did you do? Uh, well, she sang last. She sang recently, so maybe that was it. No, you know what it is? It's that you try, you, you try and make her cry and then <laughs> stare at her and laugh at her while she's crying. And I think she just finally had enough. Yeah, well, we talked about this. For those of you who don't know... We are very close with Jess. She's like a sister <laughs> to us. Uh, I've known her for like almost 10 years. So yeah. we go way back. So we tease each other. It's it's as siblings would tease each other. Because mm -hmm. we yeah. talk, because, you know, it always ends with her, you know, crying and then me, you know, teasing her a little bit. And she's like, and, and we tease her, but I want to make sure the listener knows yeah. that it's all out of love and that we're very close. You want to make sure they know that just because every time you have a conversation with her, she ends up in tears that it's not no i don't make her cry it's just <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what it sounded like no and what you said right now made it sound no. like every time you guys talk she ends up in tears then you tease her about it that just feels well it's like when we hang out we're in church and when we're in church someone's bringing a sermon or someone's talking about how good uh, god is and then that's when it comes i see <laughs> yeah so she cries almost every time we're together Okay. Just we're at All church. right. Just because you're at church. All right. I get it. Well, Jess, we miss you. I hope that you're enjoying tax season and all of the work that you have to do before you go to Israel. So I, she's probably not even listening to this. You know what? She probably decided I'm not listening. I don't want to. I don't want to hear Marcos. Maybe, maybe in, she'll listen on the plane. Yeah. Oh, that's right. On the she had lots of time on the plane to Israel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they didn't leave me alone in the studio, which is probably wise. You don't want to just let me run roughshod over this podcast by myself i do have a co-host for this whole season one of my fellow pastors here at goodwill church tim sherritt is with us how you doing tim <laughs> he just laughs he, he just doesn't even say good i had to be quiet through that whole initial exchange it was two minutes was yeah. that hard for you to be quiet for two minutes no was it was that... just i was just listening to jeff defend himself i thought it pretty much sounded like you make fun of her for crying yeah that... <laughs> no he does he makes fun of her for crying and it sounds it? like jess is a, is a hardened person outside of church dude it's hilarious <laughs> only in church is he soft man <laughs> like i don't believe that but it's okay. funny because you when you when you hang out with jess you talk with jess she doesn't come off as someone who's like super emotional and then you bring up jesus and she's just gone like but that shows that, that she just loves jesus and Amen. so mm -hmm. it it comes out that way and uh it's beautiful um tim are you gonna cry on the podcast today i will most likely cry on every episode every episode well, tim I tears mean, i don't want to oh. i don't want you to feel like you're missing jess too much so i'll do my best can we brand that <laughs> tim tears like i don't want tim to. tears <laughs> tm that makes me uncomfortable <laughs> I can't believe that you would think that that's good. Oh not, that's man, your, that's that'd not, be hilarious. That's not impressive. I think I think we need to trademark and patent Tim Tears. And what are you going to do with that? No idea. We'll figure that out when the time it. comes. We're selling. We're going to sell <laughs> that's it. That's right. Yeah. I'm sure they'll line up for that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show, Tim. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Good to be here. Um, so you're you've been a pastor here for how long? 
Well, that's a loaded question because I had a history here before I came back in 2019. So four okay. years back, and then four I, years back. I, I went to school. I was here, interned here, served here for a little bit, and then took a call elsewhere. And, and you've came back so so total. You've been pastoring for what twelve years? Thir- Thirteen. Thirteen I think, years yeah. now. My goodness. All right, old timer. I am an old timer. Uh, well, welcome to the show. That's yeah. a microphone. Those are headphones. Just. Like, earlier oh, before wow. we recorded he's me real good no here's the thing before we recorded he's like hey did you get that on tape yeah and uh both I didn't actually I mean literal chuckled tape a little bit <laughs> like tape yeah we don't use tapes anymore tim but that's okay it's fine welcome yeah, not feeling fun. welcome yeah. <laughs> oh, you may get man. some of those tim tears right now <laughs> All right. Um, we actually, so we, we are doing the, uh, the the Wednesday night class together in Revelation, which only has a couple of weeks left. Uh, kind of cool to think that we're almost done. But, um, you know, when, when we were doing them um, early on, um, somebody reached out to me and they were like, hey, um, I just listened to the recordings and it, it sounds like you and Tim really don't like each other. <laughs> I remember hearing remember that. that because we because we make fun of each other and we have some fun. But like, if you don't know that, I can understand how it might come across a little bit, um, you know, aggressive at times. <laughs> Marcos gets soft. He cries a little. I make fun of him. It sounds like Jeff and Jeff. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. So, oh, man. Well, um, welcome, Tim, to the show. We're going to have a blast this season. Uh, you know, it used to be that it was uh, 10 episodes every season. And then last season we went and did 15 of them. So I think that kind of blows up any consistency that we had. So I don't know how many episodes this season's going to be. I wasn't uh, told that when I was asked. If yeah, I no, to do it. you were expecting 10 episodes. I don't know how many it's going to be. It could be 10. Could be four. We could just get sick of this and be like, you know what? We're done. Um, it could be 47. I don't know. You got 47 episodes in you, Tim? I don't have that many Tim tears. You, no, no. All right. You're going to run low? All right. I'm going to run low. All I'm right. I have to load up. Well, um, you know what? Let's go ahead and get to work. We are um, going to share a little bit of our story, and uh, this is going to be by way of introducing uh, the season, which is, you know, it's not really a theme um, to this season, <laughs> let's be honest. This this season is going to be a little bit of a smorgasbord of, of uh, topics that we, we hit next week. We're going to be talking about prayer. Uh, we'll talk about meditation at some point. So I guess there's some some connection, discipleship ministries, um, how terrible the Dallas Cowboys are. Like we're going to get to some really important things. Thank you, Jeff. Um, but let's I'm start. You're le- oh, right away. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, let's let's just start by by telling the story. So Tim, when was it that we met? We met before. Before you were here on staff, because you were attending for a little while. I was attending for a while, and and we met um, before you were ordained, actually. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember this, but okay. Um, I mean, I knew who you were. Yeah. I think we met and talked a couple of times. And, and I think um, I remember doing a class um, in the cafe, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, um, by Pete Scazzaro. I think mm-hmm. you were in there for that. Mm-hmm. Um and, and you did uh, you did Tim Keller's uh, Prodigal Son. Oh, that's right. Up, up yeah, in the, up in the room here. Yeah, next to, next to where we are. 
Um, I said it on that too. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. I liked that class. The, uh, was the other one was kind of, I was in and out of, I didn't, didn't, didn't plug in as much. Yeah. That. Yeah. The man, that Tim Keller one is good. If yeah. you, if you haven't read the prodigal God by uh, Tim Keller, I encourage people grab that little book, yeah. um, watch the videos. It's, it's worth it. Great, great um, insight into that. Parable. Yeah. Then you came on board as a pastor here when in 2019? April officially. April. Mm-hmm. All right. So you'd been here for a year. We'd worked together for a year uh, before COVID. And um, <laughs> what was COVID like for you when when it hit? Um, you know, we all kind of had to chill in our homes and try and pastor remotely, pastor from far. Like, what was that like for you trying to do the pastoral task a year in, less than a year in, frankly, and suddenly you're separated from everybody? Um. In many ways, it was probably as difficult uh, and comparable to, to everybody else. I mean, except for the added extra feature of me being remarkably uh, technically savvy, <laughs> pun intended. Um, yeah, it's just, it was very difficult. We, it was new territory and challenging and um, uh, just, it, it just made things very, very difficult across the board. And I think um, in a strange way, very exhausting you wouldn't think so. You think, oh, you're at home and you're on, you're just sitting in front of your computer, but somehow it was emotionally or mentally exhausting. I just felt like you just didn't have as much to give because you weren't in person a lot. I mean, I counseling and teach, I taught classes online. We did everything online. Yeah. It was, uh, which one did you teach? Uh, I taught some new members classes and, uh, yeah. yeah. And then we did the, remember the daily Bible studies that we did? We did. Yeah. I, I taught acts. What did you teach? I did um, ecclesiology. Ecclesiology. I did. Ecclesiology. Wow. All right. That's a new book of the Bible I never read. Sort of a helpful book of the you Bible. You should read Tim. them. Though. They're good. Yeah. They're just, you know. You you did Ecclesiastes. I did Ecclesiastes. Okay. And then I did. Um, did I do Ruth? I think I did Ruth, and I did um, Jude, and First, Second, Third John, and then I did Revelation. Okay. Wow. Revelation. Yeah. Online. Mm-hmm. Did you finish before we shut down the the daily? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so I had to like finish the last third of Acts in like a week and a half. It was <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, so so we're we're in the middle of COVID. We're doing our thing. We've worked together for a little while, but then everybody's kind of we're separate. We're seeing each other maybe once every couple of weeks. There's no staff meetings happening. Uh, a couple of us are coming in at a time to do um, what we used to do is we would record our Sunday service on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, John was always a part of that. And then he would bring in other pastors once in a while, but we didn't spend a ton of time together. No, almost um, none, really. Yeah. yeah, it was a it was a strange season for all of us. But one of the things that's nice about being at Goodwill is that you are working with a handful of other pastors. We're all serving together. We're doing this work together. That was also removed from us in spring of 2020. Um, and then we're we're gonna go ahead and get into this a little bit. People will remember May of 2020 into June of 2020 was the death of George Floyd. Everything that happened afterwards, um, racial strife, rioting. Um, it was a difficult time for the nation. Also, was we'll be honest, a difficult time for the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we responded to what happened, and um, if people want more details, they can email me, and I, I'm happy to have that conversation with them offline. But um, we responded to the the murder of George Floyd, and it was um, 
tense for a little while after that. And it wasn't just tense with members of the congregation. It got pretty tense between you and me as well. I mean, it was a well, walk us through a little bit of your experience <laughs> in this. Oh, how do I put that into a few sentences? Um, I think it was tense because for, at least for me, I will just speak for myself. There was a generic sense of an understanding of the history of racism in the church and in the country first and then the church. Um, and George Floyd and... Um, my developing relationship with you sort of forced me to get a much more involved um, diet of that for a time <laughs> to expose myself to a great yeah. deal more of the details um, and to wrestle with and examine them. And, you know, that was really sort of the point uh, where I got to know you better, but not good at first. Cause it was, ve that was very tense because we yeah. were definitely on, opposite sides we were and and i think it's okay for people to know that that um you know while we were united around the things that unite us if we were in uh if you were in montgomery a couple of weeks ago you heard me preach and ephesians 4 came up and i talked about the you know what is the thing that unites us it's in ephesians 4 is the spirit it's it's one spirit one baptism one gospel mm -hmm. one lord jesus christ like those are the things that unite us right we we weren't um you know, we weren't disunified around those things. No, no. But when it came to any of the cultural stuff, we were definitely yeah. um, at loggerheads for a minute there. And that was a long minute. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, it was a long minute. And and I think um, one of the things that I still don't really like you though. But I mean, I mean, well, <laughs> I've learned to live with that. Uh, <laughs> no, I think you know one of the things that that happened um, around that time. I, I think that you represent a lot of people in the congregation who had this conversation uh, because it was so public. We were in, we were still kind of in lockdown. We weren't yeah. quite out yet, even no. in New York. And New York was ahead of a lot of the country, right? Um, at least in, in this uh, area yeah. of New York, um, because there's, you know, the city was a whole other animal, right? Yeah, but up here, yeah. we were we were a little bit you know, the wave had already kind of come through us and we were exploring options of opening up. Other parts of the country were still like in the worst of COVID. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this happens. It's the only thing on the news. It's all over social media. Mm -hmm. It's um, you have the protests and often those protests turn violent at night. Um, there's a lot of bad actors who are infiltrating them. And it's 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 a real mess. People are dying. It's It was awful in the summer of 2020. And, you know, I think people had this conversation thrust upon them. And, you know, I've been having this conversation for years. Mm -hmm. I've been talking about race. I've been studying race. I've been, um, you know, issues around justice had been something very important to me for for a long time. Really? Uh, yeah. No, I know that's surprising <laughs> to people. Um, and it's it just was it was new for so many folks. And I think one of the things that happened was a lot of us who'd been doing this work forgot that it's not fair to then drop where we're at on other people who haven't had any of these conversations before. Right. And, um, you know, I, I think. And I thought, I think the other part of that too is because, and if this is not just you, this is just the general consensus and in my interpretation of it was because it was so emotional. Oh, it, sure. It just feels like 
this isn't uh, let let let's talk about race in the country and racism in the church. Um, this is um, accusatory in mm. its tone, um, and that puts you know that puts all the walls of defense up right away. Sure, you're, you're, you're intentional or not. There was a whole lot of well, you're you're racist whether you realize it or not, or that, and then we're like, no, no, no. And so there's pushback, and that yeah. creates tension right away, um, and all hope of good conversation goes out the window. And that that's not just you and I. I don't think that's you and I. Just I, just I, you. Think, I think that was lar- That was the large scale. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and I think a lot of it came down to definitions because oh, terminology. You know, yeah, terminologies yeah. Is, is, and and definitions are important because that was the other thing that got really difficult. Some of us were using definitions and vocabulary um, that have been worked out for a long time because we've studied these things. We know what we mean, but we forget not everybody knows what we mean when we use these words. It can be it can be really like offensive when you hear these words and you you don't know exactly what the definitions are. There's a generational um, gap too. There's Cause, also cause, that cause terms were were used and meant one thing. 10, 15 oh, years absolutely. ago, something different now. I mean, an example of that would be colorblind, right? So, yeah. you know, that, for, was, that was a badge of honor. Champion yeah, for, as, as it a, was as an anti-racist term. And then I learned, I guess not. And I thought, well, like, okay, but that's and that's changed over time. Yeah. Like there was a, um, you know, there, there is evolution to language right. and it's, it's, but I it, also, I still empathize with that, the, the intent behind the phrase. Sure. So, so I, I get it. And I yeah. think. But so I, it's, yeah, we're not. You don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's harder to do too. It's just harder right. to do vocabulary wise. And we've seen uh, the shift in vocabulary. And you and I, a place where we're very much in agreement on is um, the subject of gender has yeah. vo- vocabulary changes. It seems like all Ooh. the time, and that that it's counterproductive. Really, oh, it's, just, it's, it's so just hard. So fast, it doesn't help. And so, and it's you know you want to you want to love people and and learn their terminology and try and meet them where they're at, but it becomes really hard when every five minutes the words change. Yeah, like it's it's brutal. And and so yeah, I think I think a lot of that confusion was happening. And I think that you and I, um, because we were here mm-hmm. together in it, um, we went back and forth a little bit. There was one conversation actually in the room we're sitting in right now. It wasn't this room and there's new walls, but um, <laughs> where it it got really tense. It got very tense. Yes. Um, yep, to the point where it was like, oh, we're not sure how this. We're not sure whether this is going to whether we're going to be able to work together. Yeah. All, what does that look like? like mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, we we go away from that. I guess it's about two weeks later. Um, that, uh, and, and you initiated this and I'm really grateful for this. Um, we had a, we, we were like, all right, we need to have another conversation cause we can't just leave it the way it was. It was, it was bad. <laughs> it was untenable to leave it where yeah, it was. That's true. And, um, when we got in the room, I did not know where this next conversation was going to go. Cause the last one had not gone well. <laughs> and I remember uh, that too. I remember that conversation as <laughs> yeah, well. It was rough. But the second one, um, you did something that I think was, um, pastorally wise and just frankly very christian um is before every we, once in a while <laughs> before we got into <laughs> before we got into the topic you said hey just tell me why this is so important to you tell me your story mm-hmm. and why is why does this issue matter to you and i was able to share my experiences at the border i was able to share um things that i had learned from friends who've gone through some pretty terrible things and it, it created a space where it wasn't just about the issue. And this is, I mean, race is this as well. It's not just about the, the issue from a logical perspective. 
it's people and pain right. that are included in it's this. It's personal and experiential. Very much yeah, so. Yeah, and and then we decided after that conversation, because while there was still um, a pretty wide gulf of disagreement <laughs> between us, um, you, what you had done, which I found so helpful, is you'd created space for me to explain myself, to actually feel like you were seeing me as a person and not just as the spokesman of a particular perspective. Right. And that was really which, helpful. Which was just going to be, you know, it, we were just gonna, yeah. yeah and then we, um, we did this thing for about a year, year and a half, where we basically, um, two hours a week, we locked ourselves in a room and we just had at it mm -hmm. for two hours a week um, about a variety of different issues. And um, we had to learn about each other yeah. and we had to see where each other was coming from. We had to learn how to trust each other, how to respect each other theologically, um, how to. That was easy, actually. That was the easiest part. Because <laughs> Because yeah. you're, you're, uh, you know, you you like to dialogue, and and uh, and I enjoy I enjoy that. So that's that was that was a, a road of commonality. Yeah. And well, then, I think and then what ended up happening was, after a time, the need for levity was increasingly important. Yeah. And so sometimes we would just talk frivolous nonsense for a little while. Oh, yeah. Talk I mean, TV shows and just trivia and nonsense and joke around, and all of a sudden. The, the walls came down it, it was like oh okay helpful. you're a geek here too when it comes to oh mega things. geek bro i mean we were talking ahead of time that we have to be careful on this show to not just devolve into star trek jokes because it's going to be a problem i or marvel although yeah. more people know marvel but with like there's you know, some of that just stuff was yeah that just created, helpful like, like okay this is you know these are other sides of you yeah was, we uh, we um those conversations I mean, and to, to use, I guess, what's become a cliche now, it humanized each other. For, yeah. you know, we, we humanized one another by seeing more sides of each other, um, having conversations, forcing ourselves to confront the, the issues where we disagree. And there's still disagreement. Like, I, oh, yeah. um, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not coming to this saying, hey, um, I completely agree with where Tim's at now. Or, and Tim's not coming to say, I completely agree with where Marcos is at. There's still some, dis there's still some disagreement. Yeah. And in I, many ways, I mean, I would say that I think we've put it this way. Maybe, you know, feel free to disagree, which you always do. So, <laughs> but I'm fine with that. But politically, I think we've, we've not really come any closer. I've just understood better some of why you stand where you stand. Right. Theologically, I think we've never really been too far apart. And in terms of social issues, um, the distinctions uh, between how we view social issues in the church and how we view them in the country was a really important yeah. uh, category to, to place. Um, how is this politically and in terms of government and country? And then how is this within the church? These are two categorically different ways to approach these issues. They are. And that was, that was, those are some important distinctions that I helped, I think helped frame, create some bridges to yeah. dialogue. Well, I think, I think one of the reasons why um, it's so important to me that we were able to talk, um, to, to get on the same page theologically is that people who hold to some of the positions that I have, um, particularly around race and social justice and those kinds of things, um, there's a label that gets thrown our way of liberal, mm -hmm. right? And and I'm not well, I'm not a liberal. Like nope. that's just not a that's <laughs> in no in no capacity actually with yeah. that. And, it, um, and I'm I'm guilty of that by the way. I was one of those people who thought your your social position equates to theological. Right. liberalism and I just thought these things don't jive how did how does yeah. this, like these 
how is this guy as conservative as he is theologically? Right. You know. Well, and and that was part of the the conversation that had to happen. Like we had to get to a place where we saw each other as um, a biblically sound, confessionally um, confessionally grounded, and and really cherishing the tradition that we're in, um, theologically conservative. So, you know, while there's some difference on social positions, like when it comes to LGBTQ matters, when it comes to abortion, when it comes to some of these, we're on the same page because the, the scriptures are incredibly clear mm. on what is ethically, morally right. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, when we talk about social issues, there's there is actually a lot that we agree on. But there are some issues uh, yeah, where we just uh, yeah. disagree the, with the action is where we disagree. A lot. Right. Like it's not so much that we disagree theologically about whether this is right or wrong. It's how do you proceed? Right. Um, and what avenues of politics do you use? Right. And whereas, you know, the, those those are where we would disagree. And, and we still disagree about that. And that's OK. But and that's it a, is OK. But that's the point. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation on the air for people to listen to, even though, you know, it's, it's personal. It's and tape, lets people it? this it is it is on <laughs> tape. If you go home and you have a tape deck, you can record this MP3 onto then, you know, knock yourself and it will out horrible for you. Wow, wow. <laughs> like we rewind it with your pencil. Oh, geez. Um, no, I, I wanted to have this conversation um, for people to to hear, even though it is it is personal and it kind of lets people into um, into a conflict that happened. That I'm um, in a sense, I'm glad we had because we got through to the other side in much stronger friendship and mm -hmm. and um, to be able to really work well together. I hope people who've been coming to Wednesday night see that we enjoy working together. We work well together. Um, we don't dislike each other. That's we hard. don't dislike <laughs> each other. <laughs> that was hysterical. Um, but I think a lot of people, um, particularly coming out of 2020, they have a lot of strange, strained relationships, um, a lot of even broken relationships. Mm -hmm. And I We're hope still that feeling that too. Absolutely. It's um, it's not done. Oh, no. The, the, the relationship damage that was done in 2020 around um, around politics, um, uh, you know, even even presidential elections, stuff like that in 2020. Yes. Perfect the, storm. Oh, it really was. It was everything all at once. How we handle covid, mm -hmm. um, the George Floyd and race, like mm -hmm. all of these things. 2020 was like the year of broken relationships. It yeah. just it ripped so many people apart and very much had the potential to do it between us as well. So I think a couple of things I wanted to highlight in our story to maybe help people say, all right, here's how we, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you just hit your face on your microphone, Jeff? Who put that there? You just, who put that I fell that asleep. There? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you just, you bounced your uh, eye off was, your microphone. It was the, the cup of my headphones, <laughs> the plastic went against the grill and it was like, brrr. Uh, what you, the heck was that? Yeah, sorry. That was, I, I didn't mean to interrupt that sentence, but your reaction was, I, I actually laughed out loud when I saw. We it. actually talked about that last week when a, when you hit a microphone yeah. accidentally and it feels uh -huh. like somebody punched you right in the nose. That's what I just went through. <laughs> well, I'm used wow. to it. Okay, that's anyway. Wow, <laughs> that was a derailment there. Um, no, I I think you know one of the things that that I come back to in the way we were able to not just um, become civil but actually develop a strong friendship mm -hmm. through this yeah. was um, you created the space to hear where I was coming from. That's massive. And and how do you think people can can do that in their own lives with their own relationships that might be a bit strained and and or even broken from then? So a from couple, other things. A couple things come to mind to try and answer that. Well, number one is let me begin with a, a sort of a tip of the hat to Pastor John. Because Pastor John, when, 
when we were just at odds with each other, he was the guy who said, well, why don't you use some of your CPE training and just listen to him? And I thought, well, I'm embarrassed that you had to tell me that. <laughs> hey, there you go, Pastor John. Well done. But, but you know, just um, listen to him. Uh, okay. Sometimes it's, I think part of the explosion of tribalism and, and emotionality that was 2020 f took away some of the things that we as, as humans and as Christians develop, like the ability to be relational, to hear other people that was just not on the table for a while. Um, and I think our hand was kind of forced because we worked together. So part of me thinks it's easy to get into a camp and, you know, kind of throw stones when you don't know the person or you don't hear their story. And so sometimes you have to, if it's not sort of forced upon you, which I think in some manner that was the case for us because we worked together. So it was like, we need to fix this. Sure. Um, it would be good to kind of force yourself to, to push that and to enter into, into dialogue and conversation with people you normally wouldn't. It's easy to do with people that you agree with about everything. Um, it's harder to do it, but I'm, grateful for it because I think it, it was a it was a good very good experience mm -hmm. and it helped me it helped to open my eyes to things that I was not aware that I was not aware of if yeah. you will well um, even though I didn't I we came to we still come to some some definite different positions on mm -hmm. things I mean you did too like we I, like we we were like we, we had we read some different things that yeah. I would never read normally. And I kind of said, Hey, how about you? And you read some things you were like, yeah, I'm not going to read that. Okay. I'll read it. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And that was helpful to sort of say, well, here's, here's some of the things that informs our position and you go, okay, now I understand that. And I go, okay, now I understand that. And, and uh, a, a bit of empathy was, goes a long way. So. Yes. That's a big, like in, and empathy is, is developed as you, they are a person, yeah, not a position, yeah, and and we have positionalized everyone, right? right. So, um, because that's what that's what a political um, religion does, and and really in in this country, um, politics has has taken on a religious force, um, and yeah. and because of that, we no longer see each other as people; we see each other as evangelists of a position. And yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a hundred percent true across the board by any means, but okay. I, I know what you mean though. I, I think that there's a truth to that, but I do, you know, one of the things that, that is a common point of kind of a 80% agree with that, but not entirely between <laughs> you and I is yeah. you, you tend to look at things systematically. Right. Yeah. And I tend to say, you know, part of my evangelical background is I, I often think about the individual sure. and the individual heart and the individual thought, um, Sometimes I don't though. Sometimes I'm a system guy when it comes to teaching theology. Sure. And it's helpful for me to go, yeah, that's a person and I need to hear their story before right. I force the Westminster catechism on them. <laughs> I mean, there are worse things to force on people, but you're right. But no, it's, it's a person it's, first. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but no, it's, it's I, I a think, helpful way to shape that dynamic. So. But even that, you, even what we just, you know, we come at things with different perspectives, different worldviews. And being able to hear one another allows you to see, okay, here's why they may say some of the things that they say. Here's why they may have some of the positions that they have. Mm -hmm. It's not because they don't believe in the Bible. Right. It's not because they are becoming theologically liberal. Right. Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's not because they don't love people. It's not because they don't care about, no. about the sins of, of a culture mm -hmm. or the sins of individuals. It hear the story, listen to one another. Yeah. And, and this is, you had to see, all right, 
Marcos comes to these things through theological work and biblical conviction. And I had to come to this and say, um, just because he holds a certain positions doesn't mean he's unloving or that he, he can't see when people are in pain. Like he's just, there's a biblical and theological conviction there too. And that that's okay that we don't agree. Right. That it's, well, it's okay to not agree. It's definitely okay to not agree. But I also think I would add to that. I looked at you and said, you're coming. A lot of what informs how you're coming from is your experience. I think in some ways that was a realization for you as well. Like you sure. knew it in theory, but you had, you know, part of your pastoral development was, okay, this actually, this actually is true. And my oh. experience does color and can sometimes, you know, I had to go through, I mean, after, after 2020, I went through a full year of counseling mm -hmm. to, to undo, not undo, uncover mm -hmm. a lot of the things that had gone on in my own life that, um, didn't change my perspective on things from like a positional standpoint, but it helped me understand why the emotion was there, mm -hmm. why the, you know, why there was a wound. I mean, and, and in 2020, I mean, everything conspired that the wounds were open and messy, mm. um, not just for me, but for a lot of people in the country. And counseling was huge for me in understanding why the wound was even there in the first place. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I had to do a lot of work coming out of 2020 into 2021, and, and I'm doing leadership development now that's still um, un, un, kind of unveiling some things for me. And uh, I'm grateful um, for the church putting me through the Arrow Leadership Program because I'm, st I'm still learning things about my own, my own growth and time um, in not just in the desert, but you know, some of the things that have happened to me, some of the things I've done to others, mm -hmm. like, okay, here's why I am who I am. Mm -hmm. And it helps me respond to things in maybe a less emotional way, I would hope, right. um, or at least in a less volatile way, I'd put it that well, way. Well, in, yeah. in the same way that you are, I think, you're realizing or realized through some of that experience, I have a story and that story shapes my convictions. Um, so does everybody else. So, right. Um, you're my, my not knowing about some of these things or just not being specifically informed mm -hmm. uh, didn't inherently make me wrong. It just made me uninformed, unaware. Mm, um, yeah. So learning about those things, I mean, I think this is a, as good a place to just sort of maybe land the plane or just yeah. think about that. Learning some of these things, a good way to wrap this up is to say this, L learning and developing a relationship with you is not for either one of us a it's not required of it that there be some kind of theological compromise, no right. compromise in that there's just learning about the other person's position mm -hmm. experience that brings them to that experience, that, that position or lack of experience. Sure. Right. So that, sure. that yeah. plays, that, that's an experience as well. Right. Yeah. So what, what you don't experience or don't know also shapes uh, your position. So it, it allows us to say, um, while our experiences and our life story take us to different places and even inform some of our positions, um, it allows you to respect people you disagree with mm -hmm. and say, all right, they love the Lord. They love the scriptures. They're theologically careful. We differ, but I respect where they're coming from. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the recapturing that needs to happen within the church. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, I mean, it was painful for the church in 2020 as well. There were sure. a lot of strained and broken relationships course, here in yeah. Goodwill. And yeah. it was, you know, we weren't immune to that. Yeah. The way to heal some of that is to see each other as people to love each other in Christ. It has to start on the foundation of what actually unifies us, right? right. The spirit, the gospel, Christ, 
our identity uh, as a baptized people, right? And then um, to deepen a respect for where people are coming from by trusting that they're actually coming to things for reasons, not just because they're ignorant or you know, theologically inept or something like that. And right. It's, it's, I think that's a really important component. It's what unifies us. That's not only does it matter, but it's, it's the right place to start. If you right. start with what, what separates us, then you never get to know a person. You're just like, yeah. well, this thing separates me from him or her. So I don't have any interest in anything else. Right. Well, that's, I think you're jipping yourself in some way. It, it reminds me of this and I'll say this as a closing. I, I think uh, when this airs, people will be traveling to Israel, right? No, 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 not for a couple of months. Okay, but the Israel trip um, is a good way to think about this. Now, I've not been, but I had Dr. Woodbin as a professor. So yeah. um, I understand that when you're there, you will learn about Christianity that is utterly un-American. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of things that you will not, that will, will reshape how you think about your understanding of the Bible in ways that you have not had from your cultural experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't make it less Christian. In fact, in some ways, it makes it more because it's it, authentic. It's where it's Christianity from, where was becomes, born, right? So it's right. so it's it's helpful to say, hey, here's a perspective that mm-hmm. I had never considered because I have never gotten out of the pool that I swim in. Right and now, I'm now I'm in different waters, but this is no less Christian. In fact, mm-hmm. in fact, that example is maybe more because, as you said, this is its origins right. and roots. So, so it's you know. My, it, it's our hope and our prayer that by hearing our story and and by being honest with you, um, that it may inspire you to reconsider some of those strained and broken relationships that you have. That you might take that first step towards healing, and um, and who knows what the Lord may do. We we are united in Christ, um, so that we're able to disagree well with one another and love one another in the midst of disagreement. So, except when um, it comes to your feelings about. The Dallas Cowboys. There's all I mean, reason and gentleness goes out the window for you. It's because you root for the you know for Satan's team, America's team. No, no, that's America's team. Here's the thing. Let's be very clear about this. <laughs> the Constitution, the country, was born in Philadelphia. If anybody's going to be America's team, it's my Eagles, not your Cowboys. They're your Eagles. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. not my Cowboys. I just I'm root the, for them. So. I don't know how to help you with that. I'm 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 on the team. Okay, that yeah. may be so, but before the Eagles claimed the one title... One city, one love, baby. The Dallas Cowboys claimed America's team. Oh, gross. All right, that is all for now. <laughs> we will see you again next week. Thank you for being with us. This has been Goodwill Talk, Season 14, Episode 1. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci and Jeff DiMatti. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week.